T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 5 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock on the most listened to sports talk show for your ride home. What? what? It is time for the Falcons Report. Whoa, whoa. Guns it. Caught. Touchdown Atlanta in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. You shall not pass. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report. Oh, my heaven. On Dukes and Bell. We are Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, man. We're live at Flowery Branch. We had a chance to talk to uh, Coach Arthur Smith, talking about the Bears and where he's been the last few weeks. We also asked him about his embrace with the owner and what it all meant. Wait to hear what he has to say about that. And then, of course, we had a chance to catch up with David Onyemata, one of the better defensive linemen in the NFL. Guys, he's been great for us since coming over from New Orleans Saints. And uh, quiet, you know, but but really a great personality when you talk about big heart and plays hard, man. And uh, it's, it's an interesting story. Go check out that interview online at odyssey.com. Mike, as we talk about where the Falcons are, we started today talking about the news in the NFL that the Broncos are benching Russell Wilson for the rest of the season. It's two weeks. And the contract that Russ is still owed, the money that is still right. owed, and it's a lot. And I know there are people saying, okay, wait a minute. Does this mean they're going to move on from him? Probably. But we'll have to wait till the offseason to see how this all shakes out. But a guy we're also facing this week in Justin Fields, who's the quarterback of the, the Chicago Bears, right. is also be uh, in rumors about whether he's going to remain the quarterback there or potentially be put on the trading block. Yeah, it's always tough being the QB. We were joking around in Chicago, as we said. There's, I think the only guy they've ever liked is – Maybe Doug Flutie and Jim McMahon, right? I mean, that's about true. it. And it's, 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 it's uh, you know Rex Grossman, <laughs> didn't even like him. So this is now a job where what if he balls out? You know, I mean, if he, if he sticks it to us, a lot of folks are going okay. I know that uh, there's some guys, and it's funny just talking to some of the audience at to put them up, C Dukes and Mike Bell ATL, and on our text line, there are a lot of I mean, guys that are hardcore. They want fields, and a lot of guys say, you know, look. He's just a, a, a more athletic version of Ritter. I think he's a lot more an athletic version than Ritter, and I think he's also got game experience. He also, like Baker Mayfield, remember Squid Billy used to argue this all the time when we talk about Baker in Cleveland. Sure. He's had like a rogues gallery of coaches, you know, the guys that have not yep. done the job. Matt Nagy's busy back in Kansas City screwing things up now that the enemy left, going to a guy that never been an OC and his current uh, offensive coordinator. So now, but do you feel Arthur Smith, based on how wacky this season's been with his quarterback battles, can can not say fix fields, but get the most out of fields. How's that? That's the because that's what it is. What he ultimately becomes wherever he goes, it's who can get the most out of him. I think Justin has more upside. I I, I think we're discrediting his his resume. Um, Justin was the number one quarterback coming out of high school. He decides to go to Georgia, transfers to Ohio State. He was great at Ohio State. Uh, he's a top ten pick in the NFL. 
and now you're telling me that, you know, not you, but but the sentiment is that, you know, he's a buster and, and, and a guy that's played probably triple the amount since coming in the NFL to the guy that started. So I don't buy that, uh, and I don't know how this shakes out. If you're asking me, I told you three years ago, I think I just saw a future quarterback. I wanted this organization to do it. They didn't. And we'll see where this quarterback thing goes. But if you're asking me about Arthur Smith, Mike, I think there are two things, and I, I pointed this out earlier. One is we've had issues and we've talked about the play calling. The other is what Ritter does once the ball is hiked. And if you're going to tell me, and you have to be able to separate those because the play calling sometimes has set him up not to be put in the best position. I'm with you. But the other side of that is I can't blame Arthur Smith for the six red zone turnovers. I can't blame Arthur Smith for the 11 turnovers on the season total 16. Like, the ball is in your hands. Now you have to do something with it. And to say that, hey, uh, would he be better than that? Everybody's been better than that. That's yeah. why he's not playing. No, I mean, you know, Ritter guys, it's 10 touchdowns, 10 picks. And the thing is, guys, and I'm just – we said this earlier in the show. There's still, a, there's still a couple of holdouts. It's over. He's never playing quarterback as a starter for this franchise again unless there's a major injury to Heineke. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And, and he may – look, he's going to probably be bouncing around the league as a journeyman now because the brand is damaged. Rookies, if you're a first-round pick, you get three years to figure it out. Sometimes two. Third-rounders don't get all that long. And, by the way, it's a difference between a quarterback who's a veteran or a rookie throwing a pick. You're throwing a pick and your team gets a three and out and they turn it around is one thing. When you're turning it over inside your own 10-yard – sorry, and the, game's the opponent's 10-yard line. Game's on the line. Exactly. Yeah. That's when you can't do it. His mistakes were criminal by any metric of professional quarterback play. So get over it, guys. Now, the one thing I will say about Fields, 15 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. You know what uh, – Marcus Mariota finished with last year for us. What did he finish with? Fifteen touchdowns, nine interceptions. Is he a better player? Well, Fields is a is a, is a more athletic guy. But Mar- I mean, there was so much hype about Mariota. We all know he's crashed and burned. Yep. He's a journeyman now. Yep. I look. I'm still intrigued by Fields, but I got to be honest. I don't know what Russell Wilson is, and that's something I think would be a, a guy that if the money was right, I'd be interested in. 26 touchdowns, eight picks. Sean Payton now scapegoating him. He's had some bad games. He's only thrown for 300 twice. The yardage, by the way, Carl and I looked at it earlier, just real quick as a sidebar. Yardage is down big time. No NFL quarterback's hitting the 5,000-yard mark this year. And a lot of guys aren't even getting to 4,000. So it's not what you – if you want to say, that well, he's not throwing for 300 yards and he blew some games. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, right. Josh I mean, Allen, all these guys I'm just, you had. I'm just, saying, I'm just yeah. saying that Peyton – look, I don't know Russell Wilson. I've always supported – I've always thought he's the guy. Everybody seems to have an axe to grind about him because he's played with him sure. in the past or present. So I don't know what to do and what to make of that guy. Yeah. It, but I know he's better than anything we've rolled out since Matt Ryan's MVP year. Well, let me say this, too, and what Chicago fans are saying, and I know this because I talked to them. They're saying Luke Getze, the coordinator, is more at fault than Justin Fields. Never been an OC. It's the same conversation, Mike, that we've had about other quarterbacks when mm-hmm. they get a first-time guy and they go, why is this guy not playing well? What's going on? And remember, right. let me take you back. I'm not defending him. I just want you to have everything on the table. Justin openly criticized Correct. the coaching staff this year when he was like, well, I just sometimes feel like I can't you know, play openly. I can't play free. And everybody's like, what? And then he came back in after practice, and he had to clarify and say, well, you know, listen. Walk that back. Yeah, I didn't mean to offend anybody. What he was telling you then was the coaching was not up to par. So all of that is going on. Guys, you can't overcome bad coaching. I'm sorry. Nobody, none of these guys are that good that they can overcome bad coaching. I don't care who you are. So ultimately, it still gets back to the, the, the coaching you get, the scheme you play in, 
and how well you understand it and, more importantly, the place that you can make in it. So that all plays, Mike. I'm just saying, like, this is why we see guys go different places and all of a sudden they thrive. And you go, what right. the hell? Who is this guy? Yeah, like, again, when I, I got more guys that we joked around about Ritter earlier. I'm, I said, guys, it's over. Forget it. Let it go. I mean, we're, gonna, we're on to the next chapter. Heineke's going to f- finish out the season and we're going to either draft or get somebody who's a veteran. That's right. And, and we're giving you some options here. I, I just think that, look, I do believe Arthur's culpable at times. And we look, he, he just told us, and you'll hear the interview coming up at 6, there's been changes. He's made mistakes. There's things that he's, you know, he would do differently. And we'll do the full, you know, interview about how you probably should have given this guy, Ritter, a hell of a lot more reps than what he'd got in the preseason. Now, here's the thing. Two or three more starts last year, a full preseason workup. Does anything change with Ritter? I mean, we'll no. never know. No. But I just don't think that from the coaching standpoint, you gave him as good an opportunity as maybe he deserved. Because you, you, yes. you, you basically said he's ready, and, and he wasn't. No. And now we know what this all means and what it looks like. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Why are we talking about this? Because we're going to see Justin Fields on Sunday. We're going to have decisions to make this offseason. And if it came down to, and it just might, the idea of do you go get a veteran. And by the way, I don't know all this stuff to be true or not about, about Russell Wilson. What I do know, Mike, he's won a lot of damn games. He played in big games when he was in Seattle. He's a Super Bowl champion, should be a two-time Super Bowl champion. Talk about play calling if they would have just ran the football. But that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to take that away and say all of a sudden this guy's a lost puppy. Sometimes, guys, it just doesn't work in places. And Peyton came in, and I'm with Mike on this. I, we, we've always had this thing about Sean Peyton in, in our city. With he's, how, a, look, he's, he's a, a he's jerk. A brilliant offensive mind. He's, he's a, jerk. a jerk. He and, is. And the, the stuff he pulled on Nathaniel. Look, he might have been right about Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett maybe should be selling cars somewhere. But he, you know, he but he he throws shade at him to kind of say, well, the team last year was in a bet. And now you're basically throwing your quarterback under the bus. You're telling me you got to go see what you have in Jared Stidham. We've seen what Jared Stidham is. Anyway, That's right. He's a backup. That's right. And there's So, to me, I guess Russell Wilson, the, the rumors about him having the entourage and special treatment, you saw Payne kind of shut that down earlier this summer. Seems like this has been a personality conflict from the jump. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. Hey, and by the way, one last nugget when it comes to fields. He, he, if you could play within himself – Take away what he's the mistakes that he's made. Where sometimes he feels he had to force it. He's admitted that. Yeah. And and if Arthur has learned from how he mishandled, you know, th- this situation, get back to what he did with Tannehill. Because remember, he turned Tannehill around, got him a contract. Well, he just cut it out right. mistakes. But here's the thing: if you're Arthur Blank, you tr- whoever tried, you tried to get to Sean Watson. It blew up in your face, and you lost Matt Ryan. Maybe a, a season that could have done something. But I know you this. this. You do this. You do this. You Fields do this. puts fannies in the seats. Yeah. You're going to electrify the fan base because this guy's an athlete. Now, get get him to play within himself, turn on the Jets when he has to, and you're going to have a packed Mercedes-Benz. People will respond to that. I, I don't disagree. Uh, and that is why it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. And, by the way, Mike asked Coach this question. Uh, he's not going to address it now, but he did say, as a coach, you're focused on the season, but you're aware of all this stuff going on. He knows. Mm. He, he knows, and he knows that they're right. going to have to look at this once we get to the offseason, whether it's two weeks or whether it's four weeks from now, we're all of a sudden in the division round, and we're we're surprising somebody. By the way, Bucks. If the Bucks, Who knows? Bucks go one and one, they're in, right? Yeah, because they own the better record overall, and that's why that Bucks loss a right. couple of weeks ago killed us. Right. If it we killed, we us. beat the Bucks. We went out. We're in. They beat the Saints or lose. You know, they got to flip. Look at yep. the Saints and the Panthers. Right. That's what they have left. That's right. Right. 
Yeah. Division games. Right. You, you, and and here's the deal. The problem is if they go one and one and we go two and oh, they still win the division. Right. That's that's the issue. And then you get into all the other variables about uh, you'd lose a tiebreaker with the Vikings who may go with Jaron Hall, the quarterback we knocked out of the game, ironically, that put Dobbs in. We lose to the Vikings. We'd beat the Packers. But right now, what are we, 10th? There's, there's a lot of moving parts if we're, if, if we're considering wild card. Yeah. That's, it goes from division to wild right. card. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. I'm just looking at this, Mike. We are, yeah, ninth. Outside looking in, Vikings 7 I said 10th, we're ninth. They own the tiebreakers over us and the Packers. We right. own the head-to-head tiebreakers over the Saints and the Packers, which are both behind us. Currently, we need the Rams and Seahawks to lose out. Correct. That's a lot of stuff, guys. That's why we only we're have talking a, about for the wild card. That's why we only have a 10% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, for the wild card. All right, we're coming back. What is going on with the Hawks? If you are going to say right now, Will it's Trey Young, you are wrong. It's Dukes and Bell. by John Foy and Associates Personal Injury Law. What's going on with our Hawks? Why are we struggling? It's Dukes and Bell, Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Three losses in a row. Last night, it was 118-113 to the Chicago Bulls. A game, Mike Bell, we should have won. Um, And a game where turnovers, rebounding, hustle plays all played a role. And, you know, DeMar DeRozan, dude, 25. He had 11 in the fourth quarter. Andre Drummond looked like he was reborn last night. (laughs) 24 points, 25 rebounds. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden we go into Detroit. I mean, we go into Chicago. It's like a nostalgia act who all of a sudden finds their juice again. You know, we said, you know, DeMar DeRozan, Jalen Johnson was doing his best. He played 29 minutes, but he couldn't defend him at the end. Jalen Johnson scored, I mean, uh, DeMar DeRozan scored nine points down the stretch yep. uh, and got everything he wanted. And you're right. We just, we we can't hold leads. We don't play de- We don't play defense when it matters. We didn't it's, play defense. Uh, Thank you, Nate. It's What's tough, that, Nate? It's tough to watch. We didn't play defense. Because you're in these games, and the, the irony, guys, we said this. We've lost 18 games. There's only been one time we've lost by 11 or more. So we're in all these games. Mm-hmm. But how do you finish and what happens? Trey Streak, by the way, seven straight games of 30-plus points, 10-plus assists comes to an end. Congratulations to Trey. It's an incredible milestone to be in the same sentence as big old Oscar Robinson and say, hey, I did something only me and Big O did. Uh, but as I said to Mike, he would trade these for dubs. He wants to win, man, and, and right now we're just not winning enough. Jalen, it was nice to see him back. But, but Mike, I want you to hear what Quinn Snyder said about the defense against the Bulls because this gets back to the fundamental issue we've been talking about with this Hawks team. One, I don't think we got enough shooters around Trey. Two, here's the problem when it comes to giving up buckets and easy buckets and, and a lot of points in the first or second half to teams. After doing – Fairly decent job in the first half defensively with some, you know, they drum and hurt us on the boards and a few things like that. But the second half, we our our, our execution on the defensive end was was poor. Um, they were just they were on the rim the whole half, and you know you still have a chance to win if we make shots. But if we're not making shots at a given time and giving up sixty to seventy points in a half, or we don't. It's not a game we're going to win, and uh, unfortunately, that that was the case tonight. So we don't play a lot of defense. Uh, we already talked about the roster. Dejounte Murray That's is is right. a, a look. He, he's a good player, but he's not worth three first round picks, and he's not an elite defender. Trey, as we said, look. If you're expecting Trey to play defense, that's not what he's here for. He's here to do what you know Oscar Robertson did. You know, you know what I mean. And he's doing that. He is. So we're we're just in a weird spot. And I, you bring real quick. You made, you brought the point up earlier for guys in their car right now and ladies about you know the kind of players that Quinn Snyder had with Utah that he doesn't have now with the Hawks. Well, the, the defensive mindset 
was you had a guy in Donovan Mitchell who's now in Cleveland who plays D and forced his teammates to step their game up and attempt to play D. Everybody's not going to be an elite defender, but you got to step up and try to at least defend guys. And then he had the best defensive player in the league in Rudy Gobert. So whatever was being funneled and getting past those guys who were giving the effort on the perimeter, get it out of here. They were getting swatted. And Rudy Gobert, you don't have that in Clint Capella, and you certainly don't have that on the edge. And I, I will say this, Mike, I thought we were, and you guys know where I'm at with D. Hunter. You know, you know how I feel. I've been on this for four years now, and you guys keep telling me I'm crazy. I thought he was going to be that player on the perimeter where you go, hey, last night, DeRozan's going off, you right. go, D. Hunter, you right. got him. That's your. Because that's what he was coming out of Virginia. That's what we thought we had at the four. The guy that the score. Remember the argument that he's going to be a great defender out of the box, and the scoring will come along. That's right. And so we haven't really gotten that consistently. And then you have these halves where you give up eighty, and we're like, well, why do we lose? You gave up eighty and a half. Now you can. Ironically, there's some stats, and Oren put it together today on our sheet. We got our sheet together, and it said that uh, you know we don't get blown out. I mean, we're in these games. Almost every game has been close for the most part, but there's always a quarter where you fell asleep. You know, or or there's where you just. like the 10-point lead last night, or is it an 8-point lead you just don't seem to handle? You know, and, and look, Trey, I can't get on Trey too much. He, he threw a bad three. That was a bad three late. Uh, we already he's just chuck, trying to make something happen. He's just trying to chuck, he chucks it up. And, you know, and the other thing is Bogey, you know, Bogey's been, and he's been the one guy I think you can count on this. He's going to have one of his best years as a Hawk. Unfortunately, Bogey in the rush to get the shot off, he's not behind the stripe. It's a two-point shot. Trey misses a free throw. That's, I mean, the game could have been extended, but when you're not winning, these little things don't happen. No, and that's the DJ got called for that charge chance to make it a two-possession game. And the refs, and look, it is what it is. You can continue to argue. Steve Kerr's arguing about it. Of course, everybody's arguing. The, the inconsistency with the referees, and, you know, we're, we're, it's bad enough that we're struggling with all the things you just talked about, and then the refs don't, they, they, either they, they swallow the whistle, we don't get to the stripe. Or as like the Memphis game with John Morant, we just we don't get the call. No doubt. Let's hear Quinn Snyder talk about the team's failure in the clutch. Collectively, we just have to make each possession more important. You know, we had some mental mistakes where we did get stops and either didn't come up with a loose ball or threw the ball away, you know. And, uh, you know, we, we can't afford to put more pressure on ourselves. And if we're not making shots, that, that defensive end becomes even more important. Sometimes I think we um, we want to get it back on the offensive end and um, we need to get it back on the defensive end. And that just has to be, you know, more focus on our defensive execution and it wasn't one thing you know if, if it was the thing it was was a series of breakdowns and uh, across the board I give Jalen Johnson credit we said this earlier didn't know what the expectations were going to be 29 minutes last night did the best he could Sadiq Bay was inconsistent last night and he's kind of inconsistent a lot I mean you know, who's the alpha dog outside from Trey? You know, DeJounte is good for 20 once in a while, but, you know, the the the, the, the dynamic backcourt, just it's not happening. You know, and then you said earlier we need, you know, the, the three and D. You know, we need that guy that can play. We don't have – we're missing so many police and the bigs. Capella's limitation, you know, the, uh, Trey tries to throw him the alley-oop. That's, you know, that's going to be a, you know, turnover. We just we're, – we're not fundamentally sound, Carl. We need size. We need defense. We need a trade. Well, <laughs> we need a big. We need a big trade. Is what we need. We need a couple, maybe. Uh, if I told you you could get, and we'll see, because I want you to hear Sham Sarania, one of the best uh, guys to cover the NBA, talk about a potential trade. The Lakers are looking to make a deal. Apparently, uh, rumor is that DJ might be involved in something. Uh, guys, I don't know if it happens now, if it happens closer to the trade deadline. But I said this to Mike. 
We're about to celebrate the new year here. We're a month away in February to be right. to the trade deadline. Like, it's not going to be 80 days from now. This stuff is starting to move because I think teams are starting to see what they're missing and how they can maybe add. This is Shams talking about uh, on, on what the Lakers could potentially offer us. The Hawks' direction, of course, it's in flux. They gave up multiple first-round picks, a swap to go get DeJounte Murray a, a couple summers ago from the Spurs. So when you look at the Lakers' asset pool, they have one first-round pick they can trade now, or they could wait until draft time, and they'll have three first-round picks to trade. So any deal that that the Lakers want to pursue for a star player is going to most likely have to include the names of guys like Austin Reeves, Max Christie. That's who teams will want. The Lakers obviously have shown no inclination of moving Austin Reeves, don't want to move Austin Reeves, but those are the types of players that teams will ask for. Yeah, and the reason why, Reeves, if you're not familiar with his game, he he is a versatile player. He can put it on the floor. He can create his own shot. He can run the break, Mike. I mean, he takes pressure off LeBron. More athletic watch, herder? Yeah, uh, absolutely. If you watch LeBron, he takes pressure off LeBron having to do all this stuff because mm-hmm. Austin Reeves can do some of it. He's not LeBron, but the, the skill set. That is why teams are like, we need that. I would love to see him here in a role where a Trey is giving him opportunities like what he's getting with L.A., but – the DJ thing, uh, are you willing to trade him? Because here's the deal. If you do, you're saying this was a fail. If you trade him, this is a fail. Yeah, because you're never getting three first-rounders, no. the equivalent of three first-rounders no. back. I mean, and we joked around about, the, you know, we're going to make that trade for the Lakers, and they're going to want bogey, and you're going to have to, like, what are we going to get? We'll get uh, Torian Prince and Cam Reddish back? Okay, Wouldn't that be the ultimate irony? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Atlanta, boys. No, I mean, I'm with you on this. I, I think DeJounte, at some point, they're going to get him off the roster because it just doesn't work. None of, none of the things we were sold, when Nate was still head coach yeah. about him going out to Oklahoma City, talking to Trey, doesn't work. Yeah, can You we- said it, two ball-dominant guards do not coexist, and, and we thought that Quinn Snyder was going to figure this out, and Quinn can't make it work either. Can I, can I go back to, by the way, as we talk about our Hawks, it's Dukes and Bell, we're live at Flowery Branch. Coach, uh, and our interview on the way in the 6 o'clock hour, you don't want to miss what he had to say. Falcons get ready for the Bears on Sunday. What do we get for JC? What do we get for John Collins? Hold on to nothing. Nothing. Because you waited too long to trade him. You should have traded him two seasons ago. Nothing. I just want you guys to realize that. Like, we went from a situation where you could have maybe gotten uh, not only a, a player to help you now, but also future future picks, and you got nothing. Even if you think DeAndre Ayton is soft as Sherman, which he kind of is, there would have been at least an upside had you gotten him when all the rumors were hot and bothered yes. about us with the Suns. Yeah. That was two and a half years ago. Yeah. So my point is, you get set back by not getting anything for JC, right? You give up three first-round picks for DJ. You bring him in. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now, you've lessened the strength of your team, regardless of what you thought about J.C., because you didn't replace him with anything. And then you go, well, we'll be fine. We're going to let the young guys play. Well, I hadn't seen A.J. Griffin. No, AJ. And, and, by the way, I've given, that was my pet project, and as you said, I'm just done. He had a couple of a, a bunch of DNPs, and it was like personals. I have no idea what's going on. We'll talk to Lauren Williams he, about it from the AJC at some point, but I don't know if anybody yeah. knows. And then the other thing is, which a lot of guys always bring up, is you, the, the, the franchise showed you its true colors by not wanting to get into luxury tax over Herder. And that, and he was a nice worker bee. He was a good key cog in what we had going, and they didn't want they didn't want to invest in that. So here we are with a whole lot of nothing. All right, and this well, with a twenty five million dollar marker on the John Collins trade, which we may or may not utilize. Well, that's the thing. It's sitting there, and, and if you got some big plan, maybe maybe he does. All right, Landry Fields, our general manager. Maybe Kyle Corver, they've got a plan, Mike. But right now, the group that's on the floor, that's my team. we got to win. Yeah. And much like Hoosiers, it feels like there's four guys on the floor. we got to go win. Hey, what's Kirby talking about? Who may or may not play for the Dogs in the Orange Bowl? And I can tell you who's not going to play for Florida State. Well, Mike Norvell's message coming up. <laughs>
college football playoff. And I think it's great. That's really good. On Dukes and Bell. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Let's talk about where the dogs are as they get ready for the Orange Bowl. Mike is very frustrated. He's a frustrated <laughs> person right now when it comes to his team yes. in Florida State. Uh, we know there are a lot of guys who have opted out. I think the interesting thing, Mike, is uh, what Kirby was saying about some of his guys. But let's talk about Florida State real quick because you've been joking all day. I don't know if 25 guys are running out of the tunnel. Yeah, they may look like my high school football team when they come out. Here's your Seminoles. I mean, yeah, it's they're going to be a little thin. Uh, we know that uh, they've lost Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman and Jaheim Bell, the tight end. They lose the best running back in Trey Benson. Uh, you know, we know that uh, a lot of the, uh, the – the, there's literally, Carl, a lot of the players now, including the secondary, is basically gone. So you lost two more people to get ready for the NFL. The good news is you still got good defensive line, the core group, uh, including playmakers, you know, guys that help win, you know, win the big games like uh, the Clemson. It's just it's frustrating because you're not even remotely getting your best shot. Sure. And I had a Florida State sure. fan say, look, the guys that are still on the roster, they accounted for eight touchdowns. I'm like, well, okay, that's a glass half full look at it. I just, I, it's hard, you're hard-pressed to see how Florida State is going to come up with something offensively against Georgia's defense. Because Georgia, yeah, there's a couple of guys that are hit the portal and they're moving on, and Brock Bowers we'll talk about in a second, Lad McConkey. But Georgia's got a machine that can weather these kind of defections, if you want to call them that. Florida sure. State can't. Just, this thing was built for this season through the transfer portal. And unfortunately, just you don't have the depth to, to ride this out in a game like this. Not, not to mention human nature. How does Norville push any buttons to get these guys motivated? That's what you've been having a lot of fun with today. Well, I just think he says, all right, man, let's get ready. Don't get hurt out there. <laughs> Protect yourself at all times. <laughs> Listen, I'm being yeah. tongue-in-cheek. Here's the deal. Uh, I think Georgia's <laughs> going to be motivated. I think Florida State, all these young guys that are going to get shots, Mike, right. that they normally would not have gotten, take advantage of it. Right. Go play. The and, that's, and, that's, and that is the attitude that I think a lot yeah. of folks who hate the way college football has gone the last 18 months will say, well, that's where you go. You're playing for jobs. Go, go play, man. But here's the other part, though. From an execution standpoint, this is the part. You've now cut down on the time to practice with these particular players because of the decisions that have been made by guys that are opting out. That is where I think Florida State is going to struggle. It's not that these guys can't play. They're at a big-time program. These guys can ball, okay? But the time to work with them and execute, Mike, and no assignments and make sure this guy is blocked and you're in there for the first time – You've got a you've got a walk on quarterback. Yeah, Michael Grant, uh, Dylan McNamara is your Good Richard, luck. Good you know, luck. And, and and Brock Glenn. Now look, Brock Glenn did the best he could against Louisville, but you saw the limitations in the yeah. ACC championship game. The defense, you know, eventually they they get the ball over, you know, into Trey uh, Sermon's hands, and he, you know he made things happen. Trey Benson, I should say, it's just frustrating because the the rug gets pulled out from you guys. Know the timeline, you know. Then you got the stupid lawsuit with the ACC and where the direction. I don't know if that affects the, the student athletes. There was some viral video of some of the underclassmen having a good time doing the stuff you do when you're down at the Orange Bowl, sure. boat trips and, you know, events. But it's just <laughs> – you, you just don't have the dogs to go against the dogs. The one guy I would say, Patrick Payton's playing defensive line. Uh, Bethune is going to be out there. Kalen Deloche, of course, had that big hit on Kate Klubnik in the Clemson game that knocked sure. into the scoop and score. So the defensive core group, you yeah, got enough to maybe make it a, a little bit longer afternoon for Carson Beck and whoever else is under center for Georgia. But this is – and the good news is, I, I will say this, uh, it's funny, if you look at it this way, ESPN screwed Florida State because they're in cahoots with the college football playoff. We know yeah. they're trying to produce television. 
this is going to be a terrible TV show for ESPN so. with the Orange Bowl. I think so. Uh, and, and the ratings will probably reflect that, aside what, from maybe folks here in Metro Atlanta and, and in Georgia. Yes. Once it becomes what we think it is, and that is a 10 or 15-point right. you know, kind of game, yeah, I, I think you're right. And we're going to see. Maybe Florida State surprises us. But I just think for Georgia, man, there's so much at stake when you talk about Kirby and saying, hey, okay, we didn't win it this year. We didn't have a chance to win it. They didn't give us a chance. Mm. But we're about to go for three and four years next year. Who wants to be a part of this special right. run and get yourself ready? And if you want to play, you got to show me. And I think that's why right. guys are going to come out and play their butts off for Georgia. And, by the way, Carson Beck, by the way, I told you this. He's like, I'm trying to put the spotlight on, on mm. not only me, but this program going into next season. Everybody's going to be talking about Alabama and Michigan and Washington and right. Texas. Don't forget about us, and I'm coming back. So I think he's going to be prepared, and this offense will be ready to go. Now, Kirby, we talked about his answering the question kind of delicately, not to either say that Brock wasn't going to play in Brock Bowers or that Brock Bowers – not that somebody would ever – if you're a Georgia fan, you feel that Brock is selfish for tapping out. I don't know what to tell you. This guy brought you two natties, and he played, and he got, got a drill in his ankle, and the guy came back and played in, what, 26 days to help you try to get back there. But uh, his teammate, Todd Hartley, speaking with the media, says, I hope he makes it. Don't know if he will. Talking about Bauer still something that we're up in the air on. And I think Kirby was kind of taking the high road as to you know, not kind of cast aspersions and also still leave the door open if, if it is, in fact, a decision that is a business decision. And who would, who would fault him for that? You can't. Um, Brock Bowers, <laughs> to quote Kirby, special player. Yeah. He's a special he's player. He's elite. And, you know, for everything that he's done for the school and the university and – put his body on the line when he didn't have to, I'm cool with this. Like, and if you're not, then you're just not a, a Georgia fan. Like, you got to understand the circumstances for this particular individual. It did sound, though, like Lad McConkie's going to play the way, uh, way, way Kirby was talking right. about Lad. I think that Lad's going to be able to get back in. It, that one seems like the door is certainly open. You know, the, the brow, brow, it seems like the door is shut when it comes to Brock Bowers. And I don't think it matters. I don't think you need either one to beat Florida State based right. on the things we just discussed. Yeah, I'm with you. 404-726-0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line uh, as we talk about, uh, you know, college football. Mm-hmm. Big O, I want you to, to play this Chip Kelly for us because Kelly was talking about UCLA teams still playing other Pac-12 rivals. We talk about the regionality of, of college right. football and how that's going to go away when you got all these West Coast schools that are going to go to the Big Ten. You know, the SEC is adding, and speaking of Florida State, if they win this lawsuit, Mike, it could be the demise of the ACC because right. other schools are going to follow suit. you got to figure, you know, at least Clemson and then maybe North Carolina, yeah. I would think, would be the ones that, that would jump. Yeah. Uh, it also sucks. You know, and I was talking to a Georgia Tech friend of mine the other day. Remember Chris Carter, our buddy from ESPN? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does, yeah. You know, and you begin to wonder, you know, yes, you brought in SMU and Cal, which no one's excited about, but where – and when Stanford, and where does this – what is this new ACC going to look like? And – and is, is there, there's really no Hail Mary for the ACC to throw here. You know, if you can't do this, you lose uh, potentially Florida State and Clemson. You're less than, you're less than the Big 12, Big well, 12 by a long shot. Well, yeah, and then you're talking about three major power fives right. or power three. Here's uh, Chip Kelly talking about still playing Pac-12 rivals. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our, our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left. And they say, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the Group of Five, and we separate it, and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams, and then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. 
You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year, so that we can still keep those rivalries going. I love it. I mean, we, you and I have talked. You and I, we talked about this five years ago about maybe it's going to come to a Power Fifty or Power Seventy-five. Whatever you take your number, but yeah, I mean, Chip Kelly lays it out. It's not rocket science. You just need to have the uh, you know the the commissioners of their respective conferences have the wherewithal to, to step ahead and untangle all the TV contracts and figure out how you're going to move this. I mean, obviously, if t- you're moving mountains, Carl, to re- to produce the kind of new super league he's talking about. Yeah, but didn't he make that sound easy? It is. I mean, like seriously, yeah, it's just. It's the regional nonsense. It's the provincialism. It's remember like the ACC with the Big Ten and the Pac-12. They have that bowl bowl alliance. All this crap. All these different agendas over the years. You know, for years, Big Ten fought the college football playoff. You know, now we here we are. Whether you like it or not, these guys are professionals. Amateurism is dead when it comes to football. As Jizzy said, it's the TV show that generates billions. They're finally being compensated. Now, the, the portal's a little bit different because, you know, how can you be so excited about your number one or two ranked recruiting class when half those guys could be gone next year? Yeah. You know, but then again, but there's no, there's no guardrails. There's nothing in place. But this one, if you could ever get – all this takes is the Big Ten, the SEC. If they want this, we can make this happen. They could. Uh, and I just want you guys to remember Chip Kelly saying this, and people have been calling him crazy for for months now. That He's makes been talking sense. about. I don't. Know, if you think that's crazy, I don't know what football you're watching because well, that's where we're going. Think about it from Georgia's standpoint. You play your seven most important opponents, and then you're going out west one year, right? And playing those guys, and then you're going to the Midwest, mm-hmm. and then you're going to the East. Like it makes total sense. And you would say, okay, now we get our you know 14 games, and we're still going to have our college football playoff. Either way, I just thought that yeah. comment was interesting from Chip Kelly, who's basically saying just because the Pac-12 football has dissolved doesn't mean that you can't do this a better way. And as we said, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. Yeah, it does mean that you know Vanderbilt. What's what would a Vanderbilt football program look like in that world? I don't know. I don't either. You're, you're, you're fighting at that next you're, – you're at another level. Georgia Tech is just starting to feel good about themselves coming out of the weeds, and Brent Key's got a vision. Yeah. You know, are you, are you going to use NIL to get those big recruits in here? Because now this is where you've got to have some kind of collective to fight with the big boys. Otherwise, you're going to be dead in the water. Yeah. And if you're a Georgia State who just started a program, or that's where it gets tough. That's where you just, you're not going to be at that level. You just can't compete. Well, you need the conference money. That's right. why you're connected to these conferences. It's, the, the independent thing is great. Chip, this is where I disagree with Chip Kelly. Texas tried this with the Longhorn Network. Network if right. we're going to do it, we're going to do it our way. And they could fund it, and they were fine. It just didn't get what they thought it was going to get. But most schools can't do that by themselves. Right. You, can't, the- you can't be independent, Mike, and support all these other programs with your athletic department and your football program if it's not up. If you, and especially right. if you don't have that collective that right. you're talking about. And the butterfly effect of that was Nebraska leaves the Big Ten. Texas A&M says we're out of here. So... <laughs> Eventually, it did create its own chaos. And ironically, now Texas finds itself playing Texas A&M. Yeah, they're back at it. Hey, man, coming up 6 o'clock hour, you're going to hear from Coach Arthur Smith. What did he have to say about this offense uh, under Taylor Heineke, the Bears, and what about his embrace with the owner? Was there something else there? It's on the way, but when we come back, we've got to talk about something that we've been talking about today, and it's got a lot of people's attention. We'll tell you about it next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Uh, 